you know, if we allow the enemy to do things, see, the enemy has no power that, unless we give it to him. And because when uh, Yeshua went all the way to hell and then ascended into heaven, on his way up, he gave gifts to mankind. And he gave gifts that were necessary for us to enforce the breaking of Satan's headship. And uh, so his headship is broken. But unless we enforce it, unless we press into that, unless we demonstrate that, he, he tries to resurrect his head again. And that's why you see so much happening. Uh, another state, uh, Tim mentioned all the states that we're addressing here. Another is Illinois. And, and uh, Chicago needs to break through. Lord, we ask you right now for Chicago to break through. Father, we say that the people there will rise up and cry out for your spirit to come. We ask for a revival anointing in Chicago. See, I think, I think that's the way we have to be praying now for lots of areas that, they, that there's just a breakthrough. That, that sovereignly the Spirit of God comes down. Now, with that, I want to talk about several things this morning. First of all, thank you for coming. And now, let's thank God for Oasis Apostolic Center here. Such an awesome place. Uh, I've watched the Lord remake this place and remake the leaders in this place. And that's really what it's about when God's doing a new thing. We're going to talk about that. It's about us allowing him. Uh, my wife, gave, Pam, gave a word in, sept, uh, in September, head of the year, last year. And she doesn't get up much. She doesn't say much. But she got up and she said, the church will have to have a redo this year. And we've had it. And we're still being redone. Some of us are being undone but it's working to our good and that's the important thing now as we enter this year ahead i always want to I always say i start looking very carefully in august and let me show you what it what it looks like uh chad if you'll help us let's thank god for chad foxworth we're back on the road again i mean you know He's got a beautiful new baby uh, boy. He's a year old. And, uh, you know, Chad is such a joy to be with. And uh, uh, fun. Sometimes, you know, he's so much fun. Sometimes he forgets lots of things. <laughs> I mean, we get there to get our car at Dayton uh, la yesterday afternoon. And I walk out to get it because it's always in my name because of the status that we have. And I say that when you travel, you got to have something because it is not an easy road to do. And we walk out there to get it. And he said, well, Miss Pierce, we don't have any reservation for you. And I said, how can that be? Because uh, Chad had already shown me the number, the reservation number that we had. 
So Chad's bringing the luggage, and I said, well, when my assistant gets here, he'll straighten it out. And he, Chad gets up there, and he pulls up the number. Chad has made us a reservation in Daytona Beach. I mean, this is the way he thinks. And, and, and I said, we're in Dayton, not Daytona Beach. And he said, and the guy said, that's why you don't have a reservation. And Chad said, well, they're close. I said, one's on the Florida coast. We're in the middle of the nation here. I said, we're flying out of Cincinnati. It and China sound close to each other. I mean... So, we entertained your Avis man at Dayton. It was very interesting. But it keeps things light and lively. Uh, now, as we enter this season, as we enter this year ahead, in this new era, that's the way I want you to think, this new era is about breaking curses from an entire 70-year structure in our life. And so, uh, I'm going to show you why it's about breaking curses. It's a new era for breaking curses. So, we're going to have to know that lots of curses will manifest because God wants them broken. Even this COVID thing uh, is a curse because sickness is a curse. It is part of the curse, but you can't, you have to understand there's a reason it's sweeping the earth, and there's a reason some areas are worse than other areas, and hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what allows infirmity to work. So where you see that the promises of God have not manifested in a territory, it's going to be stronger in operation with infirmity. We want this spirit of infirmity run out. And, but as we enter this era, uh, in this new era of pay with our mouth, it becomes an apostolic era. And uh, therefore, we are not in the same church structure that we have ever been in before. And we have to understand that you're going to have to recognize in your territory that last season's church is not the driving force of what's happening spiritually. Now, this is hard for the body of Christ because we think church. We grew up in church, some of us grew up in church. And with that, we have to understand that is not the era we're in. So we're going to have to enter in. So we always, at head of the year, whether you can be with us, uh, I'm, I'm still moving toward that. Our building is big enough that we can have groups in lots of areas. So uh, I do know that we're going to host this gathering, uh, and we'll have it set up for people to be there. And uh, yet, if you can't be with us, the web is amazing. Uh, and we have been in the process the last six weeks of updating everything for you. 
so that you can get the revelation that is necessary for uh, the year ahead in the new era. Now, that's the way I want you to start thinking. And um, uh, I, I look back when I was one of the very first to say we're going to do church on the web. This was 15 years ago. Now, that's a long time ago to be doing web church. It was such a radical shift that I got called before 600 leaders to try to explain why I was doing that. Peter Wagner had to uh, moderate the gathering and uh, because God had told me, I want you to gather the scattered sheep that's out there. I want you to be able to pull in those who aren't capable of being in church. And of course, many of you know, we have 440 widows that we pray for and take care of. And a lot of those, a lot of people can't go to, go to, into a church building. And uh, so the Lord wanted a different type. So we use the tools that he's giving us at a time. Now, think about what happens 15 years later. The only way we can do church for a while was the web. Now, think if certain people ha don't, uh, if they don't press through and, and keep, keep us moving in what God is doing. And that's why you just want to throw some people out on the front line there and let them, they're capable of taking the brunt from the front line. And uh, that's really key for us to understand because we're about to press into some new territory. I'm here to tell you. Now, with that, this new era has broken into the atmosphere. Again, if you don't have Tim's book, you need Tim's book. If you don't have uh, uh, the Passover prophecies, you need that book. All of my books out there will be three for 25 today. If you've already bought a couple, just get another one free so that you can get what you want. And uh, we're, we're shifting from a maintenance season. We are not in maintenance any longer. We are shifting into conquest. And we're going to have to know we're up against some big giants. Dutch needs to do, I'm sure Tim will tell him certain things that are said here. He needs to bring an understanding of every one of the giants that we're up against, a biblical understanding of what we're up against with the giants. Now, this era that we're in is about sound, it's about breath, and it's about voice. Now, that's what is so important to understand. You see why hell cut loose at the beginning of this era. Now, be, this would be different if I hadn't been using this since September of last year. Hell cut loose against this era said, wait a minute, the breath of God's about to get released through his people. I'm going to have to shut down their breathing. And you have to understand that is part of his plan to do. And we take a breath. Now say out loud, we're still breathing. That's what you have to do with the devil. You have to tell him, what he's trying to do, you have to say, this is what God's doing, and then demonstrate it. And 
the era is, let me summarize the era for you. This era is about the voice that comes out of your house. Now, by not this year, but next year, the house does shift with a new voice. That's when the church will reform. It will be in 2022. The church will become authentic again. Uh, Don't ever say we need to be relative to the world. We need to be authentic in the world. That's what we need to be. And, but it's going to take us a couple of years to get back there. And it's gatherings like this, kingdom gatherings, that's reforming us. That's why we have to stay focused in really letting the kingdom redefine the building of the church. Now, that's a statement you need to write down. Because the kingdom now is redefining how we build the church in the future. And so that becomes very important. See, in Matthew uh, 16, when Peter all of a sudden has a revelation of who Yeshua is, Yeshua is saying, "What's, what's people saying about me? I mean, don't you just love it? What are they, what they, what they talking about out there? You know, you just want to know sometimes what all the, all the ones out there are talking about you about. And then he said, well, what are y'all saying about me? And he said, uh, all of a sudden, Peter, you know, Peter, who has all these issues. Look at somebody next to you and say, if he can work with Peter, he can work with you without any problem. <laughs> Peter had lots of issues now, I'm telling you, lots of issues. It gives us all hope. Peter and Jacob give us all hope, you know. And he, he um, and then the woman at the well, you know, she gives us hope too for some of you, you know. I mean, she ends up being an apostolic evangelist, Fatinia, when you study her all the way through the Word of God. You know, you take a woman who's sleeping with everybody in the city and then she leads the whole region to the Lord. I mean, that... Tell somebody, there's hope for us. <laughs> now, and so Peter, all of a sudden he has this light go off and he says, you're the Messiah, the Meshach, the anointed one we, that we've been waiting for. And the, the Lord looks at him and says, only father could have revealed that to you. Now, I want to talk about that some today because revelation is really the key right now. Uh, how we're moving in revelation becomes very, very key uh, of what's going on. And then the Lord gives him that incredible prophecy that Apostle Tim is always using the word ecclesia. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, the ecclesia. Now, here's what I want you to understand. They did not understand that. They weren't familiar with that. That was a Roman understanding. And, he's, and Yeshua is using a worldly term to define our collective gatherings in the future. And uh, they had no concept for that. And yet, when it's prophesied, now here's what I want to say to you, it's done. 
And it's that prophecy is still moving through the earth realm right now. Upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And uh, I will, because you're going to learn how to bind, you're going to learn how to loose, and then I'm going to give you keys to unlock the kingdom. Big difference in building and unlocking. So we're in an unlocking two-year period. That's what I want you to understand. We're having to unlock some things that have been unlocked, sealed up. When, you, when you're reading through your Bible this year and you see, see those things, that this is for latter days, I want you to look at them. Because God has already given revelation through this word that we're unlocking now. Now, that becomes important. It's called present truth that's being unlocked. And this is about the voice that will come out of the house in every territory. And another thing you have to understand, a pay word is mystic, mysticism. We are coming into a supernatural mystery unlocking time. Don't be afraid of words like that. That's just nothing but superstition and religion. God's word calls lots of what he's doing a mystery. The mystery of Antichrist. The mystery of iniquity. We are unlocking mysteries right now in these next two years. So you're going to hear revelation coming out that has never been really expounded on and you're going to think is this real i mean like all of what tim how god has unlocked the whole concept of the government of angels i don't know that that's ever been unlocked like that before uh, uh, I don't know that what all is in that Passover prophecies has ever been unlocked before uh, to really understand as we move forward. But know this, we are contending for authority. And so with that, we are now determining a new rule in the earth. Now this, because I used that last night, but we are determining a new standard, a new rule that is uh, being determined over how we operate. And this becomes very important for us. You don't have to understand all this. You just have to rethink it. You have to ponder it. You have to move in it because that's why I'm telling you, they didn't understand what the Lord was prophesying to them until 70 years later when he comes back to visit John on Patmos Island and he starts talking about it, all the seven key apostolic centers and the seven key churches of the area and he starts redefining them. It took 70 years for that to happen. See, that's what you want to understand. We came to an end of a season. Now he's giving us revelation on how we progressed. He's not chastising us for how bad we are. And listen, don't get into that thing or you'll be cursing what's being cursed. 
goodness. He's just saying, you've made it through this far. This is how you've come. You did all this well. Yes, you messed up in lots of areas, but here's where we're going. See, that's the way you want to think. Or else what you're going to do is end up agreeing with the devil's judgments that he's trying to produce rather than Holy Spirit's voice. And that becomes very important. Now, all order, see, God has a new order for us. But all order comes through the voice of the one who creates. He has, uh, and one of the things about this 10 years that we're in right now, he's bringing us back face to face so we can know him in a new way. See, what happens to us, we get familiar with church. We get familiar with worship, and we think all of that's God. Where he has to bring us back to know him in a way that we can express him in church, express him in worship. See, Rachel will write new songs for the future. Uh, the songs she's written have expressed him in an era, but now there's new songs for another era that's coming forth. Now, uh, Apostle Tim, and in his new book, he referenced this. This is an era of Holy Spirit movement. Now, this becomes important for us because it's as if we're going to be baptized again. That's the way you need to think about it. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. The baptism is coming again. You're going, you're going to be... I mean, I don't want to get real theological. You're just going to be... You're going, you're going to feel that... I look at Kathy and Gary back there. We were in that move of God in the early, early 90s. I mean, it was wild. It was wild. We were with Barbara Yoder. I mean, it was just as wild as it could be. People, I mean, we were piled up. I remember, I, and the, the joy movement was just flowing. Everybody was laughing and falling and on top of each other, and I never could get in, and you know, that all started, uh, that newest movement started in Argentina back in the, uh, like, 1990, 1991, and I never could quite get it. I mean, I loved it, I just couldn't get it. So I don't want you to get frustrated. God knows when you need to get it. I'm sitting on the front row because I'm a speaker in a conference Barbara is having, and it is a lady up there speaking. Do you remember? And she's speaking on joy, and that is the dullest person I've ever listened to in my entire life. <laughs> she is monotone, and she's talking about joy. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm saying, Lord, I'm not sure this is what I'm trying to get. All of a sudden, something starts bubbling from my toenails all the way up through me. This has never happened to me again, except one time driving home from some meeting we had been in. And 
all of a sudden I start laughing uncontrollably, and, and now I think I've lost, lost it. This is what happened when Holy Spirit takes you over. Uh, uh, it wasn't like the time I sat down in a chair and fell out and I just rolled and acted like the Spirit hit me. Uh, you know, you've got to do certain things, you know, save a little face. Uh, because, you know, but that wasn't what this was. All of a sudden, I am thrown off the front pew onto the floor, and I am rolling and uncontrollable. I am uncontrollable. I am usually never uncontrollable. Now, hear my words. That's where we're headed. Uncontrollable. We all have lots of control. And God knows how to, at the right moment, say, it, you just not get delivered. And uh, I mean, all of a sudden, that thing hits the whole congregation. It is the wildest thing. And then Gary and I, uh, the next night, the Spirit of God is just moving on everything, and this big guy comes up. Now, when I'm talking big, remember this, Gary? He was probably 550 pounds big. We're talking about big. And he comes up for ministry because this is where we're all laying hands on people. The power of God hits that guy. Well, little Gary is standing behind him. And Gary sees this giant coming back like this, and he just jumps out of the way. And this guy hits one of the wooden pews. Big guy. Well, I, I think, well, you know, we've killed him. <laughs> Lord, let's just move on with this joy thing for a while before we all get put in jail. You know, we've killed him. And, and he hits that pew, and he's out. When that guy wakes up, the next day, he is going, he is scheduled in surgery the next day because he had cancer around his heart. When they get there, that hit broke all of that loose and that cancer let go of him. Now I'm telling you, we're gonna have to let the Spirit of God move. That's where we're in now. It's an explosive, but see it's not a church move, it's a kingdom move. So, Tim, you've got to teach on kingdom where we really get it, you know. Uh, I'm not a teacher. I just like to expound on what the Lord's doing. And uh, we're going to have to get kingdom. Now, I've got it in some of the books back there. You know, when I write, I have to use that side of my brain to make sense. But uh, uh, it, it's, we're headed into this kingdom season where things are going to happen differently. Now, let's talk about Holy Spirit. Because this is an aspect of Holy Spirit we don't usually see. But I got in the Aramaic and looked at the Aramaic and Hebrew relationship of the word. And Holy Spirit actually is a pay word. When you start decoding it. And it's linked with the word proc. And it, uh, Peresh Kaflamad Aliv. Now, let me tell you what that means 
from Hebrew in one sentence, it means the one who ends the curse that was begun in my house. So see, Holy Spirit coming now and empowering us is to break us open so that curses that have had right to work will be ended. That's the era that we're coming into. We are coming into not just Holy Spirit being our advocate, but He is coming to manifest through us by His gift so that curses that are operating. Now, when you look at 1 Corinthians uh, 12, you see the manifestation of Holy Spirit and the nine ways he manifests in us, and it says he does this in diverse, unusual ways so that we all profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. We have been held back from profits that belong to us. And this decade, Holy Spirit is coming so that we all profit. Say it out loud. We're ready to profit in new ways. In other words, things in your bloodline that held you back from profiting, God's saying, I'm going to break those curses so somebody in that bloodline profits. Now, Holy Spirit's voice manifests in four ways that we see. And when I say that, I'm talking about the overall manifestation. He manifests in us, so we decree that Yeshua is Lord. See, anytime you say Yeshua is Lord, it has to be by Holy Spirit. So there is a manifestation coming where the Lordship of uh, Father is shown in the earth. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is shown in the earth. He convicts us of unrighteousness. So there's a convicting power he has, not a condemning power, people. That's why if you agree, always listen. Uh, the two are very close, and religion can condemn. Holy Spirit convicts. Conviction is coming back to the body of Christ where we say, oh my goodness, how did I get so far off with that? And then he creates different ministries, diverse ministries, very, very creative. So we can't just get a method yet. Don't try to get a religious method in the next two years. Because he hasn't gotten us to a place so we can get that religious, me that method in, in, in the order of that. See, that's the hardest thing. We go from faith to faith. See, we have to be moving. We go from strength to strength. That means the power, we have the power to withstand one attack and then we move into a new power to withstand another attack. That's what those words mean. Then he goes from 
glory to glory, and that is our hardest one because religious forces try to get us so settled in the methods of last season's glory that we're unwilling to go to the next season of glory. And so we're having to be careful about methodia because that's where religious spirits work. Now, here's what the enemy wants to do, and here's the conflict, especially this year. We're going to have a conflict because the enemy is desiring our blessing cycle. That's why we're in this mess out here. He, don't let this COVID thing throw you off. I mean, we've had chicken pox, we've had measles, we've had all of it. I mean, you know, I have to get tested for TB once a year because I fly so much. There's, there's things out there. I mean, uh, and the only thing that makes us want to hide out, the Bible talks about it in Proverbs. There's a lion on the street. Let's hide out till he leaves. Do you know what that is related to? Poverty. So this infirmity and poverty have hooked hands in America because America has the greatest voice right now worldwide still, even though China is trying to gain it. You hear what I'm saying? Now, I've got that all written in books out there. And that was why, again, I could watch so carefully starting last November. I went to China. I went to China four times last year because I've been involved with China since the 80s, watching China very carefully. And when this thing came out of China, you have to know, you have to watch and spread to 185 nations within a month. Now, how does that happen? Without a strategy, people. Because what I had said, what God showed me in 1986, and it is written prophetically, was that by 2020, China makes their play to become the most dominant economic facet in the entire earth realm, above us. Their goal is for us to look like them by 2026. And if we don't shift right in this decade, we end up... See, China isn't your normal communist-type environment. It's communists that knows how to use materialism and economic strategy to control. And because as long as you're prospering for them, they love you. And so we're in this incredible war, and all, I think the enemy overplayed his hand in March, April, and May, trying to remove our religious freedom from us too quickly. Now, you hear what I'm saying? The enemy tried to remove our religious freedom too quickly, and, and the voice of God in us stood up against it. See? And, uh, well, yeah, we need to clap and thank God. If we hadn't stood up against it by the end of May, by Pentecost, we wouldn't be sitting here today. That's how quickly this thing was trying to move against us. And I am thankful that we are a rebellious bunch against the devil. 
and yet you have to try. See, choose your wars wisely. Don't go to war over some mass thing. I mean, choose your wars wisely. It's, it's interesting. And, and learn to take your advantage uh, of watch what the enemy's doing and learn how to speak into him. My brother, you know, who's on the crazy edge, but he's, he's loves the Lord with all of his heart. He's over the largest title company in North Texas. And he, so, you know, even though he's wild, he's really sharp. And, but he's got such a mouth, you know, and you like people who have a mouth like that but especially in this era and the other day he was at this place where we've been going for years now the place is in a bad area of town and he just keeps going because we know the guy that's been there for 30 years and he'll go there i I don't go there anymore uh but he he'll go there to get what he needs and he went to get a coke the other day in this it's like a convenient store place and Mo, who is an Arab guy, and we've known him for years, shared the Lord with him. Uh, he he is is a great guy. And uh, a guy came in without a mask, and he just served him, took his money, and he left. Well, there was a guy behind him that did not like that he took that guy's served that guy without a mask. He went absolutely ape right there. I mean, started yelling at Mo, who is the uh, owner of the store, started yelling at him, telling him, and say, and this, he happened to be uh, uh, a black man, and he started saying, and black lives matter, and you have put me at risk by serving this guy. I mean, taking it too a degree of craziness. Well, Keith, who we lived through a lot growing up, you know, so we're not real fearful of things. So he's by this time back up there standing behind him, and so he taps him on his shoulder. (laughs) And he said, listen, fellow, the only thing that really matters is whether you go into heaven or hell by the end. And by the time you turn around, Mo's going to have that shotgun pointed in your face. And you're going to have to determine real quick what really matters. That man left quickly. See, you've got to take your advantage to really let the Lord use you. And not be afraid. I mean, that really is what matters. Where are you going to end up in all this? Because when you get to heaven, we, you know, Ku Klux Klan used to say that growing up. I'd say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, that God had sections of color and certain color couldn't go to heaven. I'd say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. All, we are spirit people. Now hear me right now. 
And we have to talk about this. We are not just color, uh, we are not color oriented on our outside. We are spirit supernatural beings. And we have to determine, the Bible says he is the father of our spirit. And in this decade, we have to say, Holy Spirit's taking me over. And what really matters is how I represent Holy Spirit in whatever structure God has chosen uh, to, uh, 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 to put me in. That's a kingdom culture mentality. We're in a kingdom culture. And this becomes very important because the enemy's trying to keep us out of this new thing that God is doing. Now let's talk about the new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? That means we can miss this and get settled down thinking the government is going to be our protectorate in the middle of all of this. No, only the Spirit of God. When you come into a territory and His government is in order, you are protected. That's why God is developing centers and hubs like this. And when he says, I'm doing a new thing, look at what, you can just go through the word of God and see what that means. New teaching with new authority. A new way to gather. See, Tim can teach on the new better than I. New is linked with something that's never been before or a greater quality of something that is. And it's a new way for us to gather. This is a new way to gather. We didn't all need to be sitting on top of each other. And it's until we, you know, I'm going to show you why in a moment. It, it, there's new presentations. There's new dimensions of recognition and faith coming to the body of Christ. Don't think we have experienced all the faith we're going to experience. Faith has levels. Faith cometh. Say it out loud. Faith cometh. New relationships. Some relationships from last season ain't going to make it. That's why when he invited me to come, I said, this one remains. See, some don't make it because they went in another direction. Uh, A new grace level. See, grace is given to us unmerited, but when we grab hold of it right and exercise the grace we've been given, do you know what rests on us? Favor. See, grace and favor are kindred. And if you want favor on you, you have to grab hold of grace. New authority, new identity, a new wineskin, a new desperation. Think of the woman who pressed through with the issue of blood. She was in last season, and all of a sudden, Yeshua is coming through this season. Twelve years she's been in this mess, and she's lost all her money. Uh, She's a woman. They're not supposed to do anything, remember. I've got a book out there called The Apostolic Woman. Uh, She's not supposed to do anything, and the religion has relegated her to her house so she can't come out. She said, I ain't got a thing to lose. I am so desperate, I'm pressing out and pressing through. Say it out loud. 
I am pressing out and pressing through. And here's the real, sound creates movement. We have to have sound going before us. This is the Judah concept of what God is saying. See, in God's order, Judah goes first. You know why? Judah in the praise team. Judah is the apostolic prophetic uh, team uh, tribe that knows how to war with sound and run the enemy off or jar the enemy loose. And uh, here's what hell hates. We're developing a new testimony right now. That means when we come through this testing, we have a testimony. And hell can't deal with your testimony. Hell can't deal with it. That's all this is. Hell doesn't want you to get to the end of that test that you're in because once you get there, you've got a testimony. Now, how are we going to get there? We're going to move past our fears. Fear is a valid emotion when God is expressing it through us. But fear is a spirit. That's why fear is hard to detect sometimes because all of a sudden God can make you say, don't go that route. Don't go that way. And your fear of God in obeying him makes you go another direction. But fear is a spirit. What it will do is attach into your emotional being and try to hold you captive and mobilize you, immobilize you. And so we have to get past fear. We, you have to receive who the Lord says you are. Say it out loud. I am. He's got a plan for you. I have never been ashamed that God made me prophetic. I've never been intimidated by the prophets. Well, a little bit with Tim. Because, you know, I, I, I mean, with the teachers. I mean, you know, because they're so gifted to expand on the Word of God and so clear with what we're doing. But God made me who I am. He loves me skinny. He loves me fat. He loves me. You don't curse yourself. You don't dislike yourself. Because he made you who you are. Yes, he likes for you to change sometimes and make shifts because he knows he wants you here longer. That's the only reason I don't eat biscuits and gravy every morning. Because, but you know, once a month, I try to branch on out and splurge. He doesn't not like me because I do that. See, we've got to get a bunch of this stuff off of us so the gift of God in us realigns properly. This is so important for us. And... With that, you have to give him space right now. Now, hear what I'm saying. You've got a portion that you meditate on. Meditate means you're, you're looking at your portion and saying, how do I secure that portion and multiply it? This is one of the ways we do get judged. 
When God gives you something and you don't multiply it, he talks about that in the New Testament. Uh, the one who had the talent and just held it under, secured it, put it in the bank, didn't do anything with it. So our stewardship is important, and right now we're having to give the Lord space. Like they had to give the ark space to move forward into the promised land. If you don't do that, you're going to run up with expectations from last season before the new development occurs. And so that is so important for us to see that. And what you'll end up doing is religion will make you judge and criticize when God is not doing any of that. God's just saying, back off. Well, he actually is probably saying, I can shut you back in the house again if you want to. I mean, there's ways I have to deal with y'all till you get this. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. He had to put us on pause because we're redeveloping who we are in this new era. Now, that's important for this. Now, here's keys to this new era. Go ahead, Chad. With that, we have keys. We have to ask the Lord for our revealed identity. There's certain things in you, like I said last night, even if you're 80, you have never, God has never revealed certain things to you yet. And you, if you'll ask him, he will start revealing to you who he is meaning you to be during this time. Uh, you've got to be willing to shift your way of thinking. See, that's what's really called repentance. It's where you change your mind in a way that you're not doing the same pattern you did in the past. You've got to review your relationships. You've got to understand, uh, see, no greater faith have I seen in all of Israel than the one who understands authority. And I think this is the weakest thing, Tim, in the body of Christ. We, we are not a people that understand how authority works. God, God affirms gifts to develop them into an authority uh, dimension that you can stand upon. I'll show you that in a moment. You have to know where you're a part of. See, faith works in time and space. And then with that, you secure your boundaries. I've got a book out there called Possessing Your Inheritance, but I need to write one on securing your inheritance. You, uh, here's what warfare is about. See, it's war to get in your abiding place. Go ahead. Uh, it's war to get in your abiding place, and then there's war to stay in your abiding place. Because the enemy's going to try to do everything to pull you out from under that wing of God. So with that, you've got to get rid of all these faith destroyers. See, they'll, they'll attach, just do this. Say, you're getting off of me. You're getting out of me. If you're destroying my faith, and all you got to do is listen to what you say. See, if you'd go one day just writing down everything you say, you'd say, oh, my Lord. 
what a mess am I? <laughs> See, because it's always going to speak. What's in you that's not a faith is sin, and you can always hear it come out of your mouth. And that's part of what this season is about. Don't condemn yourself over it. Just let it come out of your mouth. And then capture it and say, we fixing to get this. We're fixing to deal with this issue once and for all. I mean, and help each other. Well, you know, the body of Christ, they'll always help you. They'll always tell you what a mess you are. I'm telling you. Uh, uh, and here's the biggie. We got a lot of wealth that God's trying to transfer to us. Now, don't just think wealth and money are the same thing. Wealth is power. Wealth is favor. Wealth is strength. We're in a wealth transfer right now. Throw your hand up and say, I need every bit I can get. Now, here's the way time works. I love the way Dutch teaches on it. You look back to move forward. Because, see, it's circular, so you can glance back at where you've come from. But what God does then is speak into you where you're going, and because God's not in time, he takes that mess from last season, and he sets it in front of you because he knows you're ready to move forward. Tell somebody, I'm ready to move forward. Well, that means some of the messes from your past are going to be put in front of you. And you know what you're going to do this time? Step on them by faith. You're going to look at them and say, I ain't stepping, I ain't stepping in that. I'm stepping on that. Does that make sense to you? Now, now let me show you apostolic prophetic rule for this territory. Every territory has an apostolic prophetic rule. You have to know your field and your sphere. Tim and Oasis Apostolic Center are being used by the Lord, Tim and Carol and the team here, to establish an apostolic rule in this territory. Not, they're not the only ones being used, but they're becoming a hub in developing what I'm showing you right here. This is what I wanted to get to today. And from that apostolic rule is where you mobilize the armies of God. Now, the armies of God are not just us. The armies of God, he is Lord Sabaoth. The armies of God are the hosts of heaven and the army of earth working together. I don't know of a place in the earth that understands this better than here. But what I see is, Tim, you're going to move out of that teaching dimension of trying to teach people last season into when we gather, you're going to mobilize the armies out with us. That's what makes it apostolic. You're going to send us and the armies out together from this place. And all of a sudden, we have the help we need to do what we're being sent to do. That's what apostolic sinners are becoming. 
And see, they're sending places. The apostolic has six key functions about it. First of all, it has a warring function. Don't, it's not the Pope. Some hierarchical function. Uh, it, it has a warring function. It's a gift that God dropped into the earth realm to enforce the headship of Satan to remain broken. So it's got this warring function. It's got this governing function. It's got a finishing function. That means it knows certain things that wasn't finished in last season that have to be finished this season. It has a building function, so it has to recreate what things actually look like to give us vision. And building means you're adding sons and daughters to it, so it has a, it has a realigning of a generations function. And then its major function is sending. It is, the word is linked with sending us out of here. That's what we're going to do when we leave here. We're going to send us out with the host of heaven and the army of earth leaving this hub to accomplish something. Because the hosts of heaven are dwelling here. See, the apostolic is a foundation. The apostolic prophetic rule produces a foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone. And then God set this order. You can't do anything about it. You've got all the functions of, you've got the functions of the apostle. On top of that are the functions of the prophet. Seeing bubbling and projecting, preaching, opening the heavens. Nataf is one of the prophets. Then you've got third teachers. See, we have to have the teachers, and really that's where the pastoral office works some, but it's not totally just linked with the pastoral office. Then you've got the miracles and healers. These are people. Put your hand on somebody next to you. you. We've held up the miracle workers. We've held up the healers, and that's where evangelists break loose out of miracles and healings. Then you've got pastors and who are, when you look at the pastor biblically, you see five, uh, three of its five function, and that's why it's not mentioned very often. Three of its five functions are prophetic. The pastor was meant to teach economic rule to the congregation so they prospered. And then you have administrators. What happens is we start trying to put administrators first to get something in order before we have really gotten God's order of movement in place. And then you have tongues and interpretation. And I'm going to tell you what, we've tried to run this out of the church. 
And when you do that, you have a weak foundation. Tim was up here speaking in tongues uh, last night. And see, I don't hear tongues when somebody speaks in tongues. That's a gift. I hear words. It doesn't matter if I'm in China. It doesn't matter if I'm in Mexico. It doesn't matter where I'm at. And the Lord was saying, you've been socked in, but the fog is beginning to lift. And I am getting ready to... I'm getting ready to set you in flight. I'm getting ready to cause you to rise into a place you've been able to, unable to rise into. See, if you'll listen, you can hear anytime tongues are in the congregation, it's from heaven bringing a clear message to us. That's why interpretation is part of the rule of tongues. Now, let me look at this because I want to I finish, then we want to send you out. You prophesy and predict and interpret your future. See, revelation becomes very, very important to us. Who, who do the people say I am? Who are they saying? What are they saying I'm about? Because... We're prophesying into a new level of fullness. Now, that's a time word. The time word that is linked with fullness is the whole issue of uh, things, all the parts coming together in a moment where all of a sudden you can see what God wanted you to see. And see, Revelation is just the opposite of the occult. The occult hides. Until a spirit of revelation comes into a territory, you can't pull, pull off what is being hidden from you. Because revelation uncovers. See, there are two spirits. The spirit of revelation comes through God's people to uncover what the enemy is hiding. Don't think this COVID thing is just some sickness going on. He's hiding, trying to hide a plan with it that will cause us to come into a level of control that God doesn't mean us to come into. Now, and so with that, we are saying revelations coming. Now, that's what I'm going to send you out with. And, there, and he knows angelic structures that cause revelation to come to us. And when you walk out through this whole territory that we've described, you're representing revelation flowing through you. One small word will fail him. Every place your footsteps, the Bible says, the glory of God penetrates that ground and the ground has to let go of that curse and the voice, of, the voice that is held in it. See, the earth is crying out for liberty. The earth is crying out for liberty and you know, heaven is crying out and coming down on us to bring liberty and you know who's right in between that? You. So you're going to have to walk 
in a new way. You're going to have to talk in a new way. And you're going to have to say what needs to be said, just like my brother did. That is a simple example. Do you know what really matters for you? Is if you go into heaven or hell, and that might be in the next five seconds here. So all that you raving about ain't going to make any difference in the long run. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. We are in a new place, and God is saying, I'm ready for you to walk it out. I'm ready for you to walk out of here with carrying what I am saying by the Spirit is going on and start speaking it. You're going to look at people like they look like Paul looked in Ephesus. You're, you're going to say to them, a lot of church people who have been in church for the last 50 years, some of you, you can do this and say, do you know the Holy Spirit? And they're going to say to you, some of them are going to say to you what they said to Paul. We don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. And you're going to lead them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in doing that, you're going to get baptized again. And listen, you're going to move right on past salvation and, and, and move from salvation quickly, just like Paul did in Ephesus. He said, well, what have you been baptized in? They said, we've been baptized into John's baptism. And you're going to say, well, there's something beyond that. And we fisting to go beyond. That's all you have to say. Tell somebody we're going beyond. I mean, you need to say it out loud again. We're going beyond. We're all going beyond. Let's stand up. Listen, we're a dangerous people. Tell two or three people around you. They might have us distance, but we're dangerous. Now say this out loud. Satan, because you've distanced us, we got more room to be dangerous. Now hear me. We need to see this thing for what it is. Look around here. This is awesome. This is way beyond Gideon. And he overthrew a seven-year-long curse. Tell somebody we're about to throw, overthrow 70-year-long curses. And this racism thing in America, that is a curse that's been working for 450 years. And God says, I'm ready to overthrow it. The Bible says we come from one blood. That's why you don't exalt yourself about, above somebody else or you don't turn and be prejudiced towards somebody else because you're probably cursing yourself. This is how simple that is. My grandmother taught me that because of various reasons. Hear me, we're making a shift. We're making a shift. 
We're coming into the new. Tell two people around you, you are the new. You sense the Spirit here. The Spirit of God's here. Lift your hands. Father, by the authority you've given me, I decree the Spirit of Revelation, like Paul decreed it, is resting on this people. I decree right now that Spirit of Revelation that is starting to stir in their spirit will come out their mouth. The Lord says, my people will have sure words. And I say in this place called Ohio, in this Ohio Valley, I say you are the fulcrum of the future of this nation. And I say to you, your words will cause the seesaw that's going on in this nation to level out. I say you will become a leveling force throughout this entire nation. Watch what is said from Ohio. Watch what is said from Pennsylvania. Watch what is said as Indiana strikes and moves forward. Watch in Michigan as that which has ruled becomes submissive to the new rule. I say to you, I am moving in Kentucky and you are running a race and decreeing right now that uh, that race is coming forth in and a winning force is coming to this land. I say to Kentucky, even though the enemy tried to shut you down and actually put a lid on you, the lid is coming off of Kentucky. I say find your hubs Connect the hubs. Connect the hubs throughout the throughout this nation, saith the Lord. Connect the hubs, for I am starting to move this nation in a new way. I send you forth with this spirit of revelation. Now let's worship.